Canada is the only state for which it applies. Nope, yeah. Canada. Oh Canada. My, God, my favorite state in the Union, the Canada. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're rolling. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Eurovision Rewind, the show where we take a retrospective look at the Eurovision Song Contest of the past in the years in which they took place. Ich bin das junge Carousel, Jonathan. <laughs> I am the unseen, cameraless being that is known as Ellis. I am a prevalence of swing music, Millen. Ooh, yes. And if you couldn't figure out by now, and if you didn't look at the title, we are talking about Eurovision 1956, the first one ever that was held 64 years ago. But before we talk about that, we're going to talk about our songs of the week. Who wants to start? Uh, hey, I'll go first if that's all right. That is. I don't very quite old. know when exactly this came out, but it's kind of of the era, maybe. It is. Yeah, hey, hey, hey. Okay, it was 1956. That's perfect. Oh, wow. Chet Baker Ooh. on the album Chet Baker Sings, released 1956. Uh, what's it called? Yes, Look for the Silver Lining by Chet Baker. A classic piece. I woke up to it one morning. I was playing that album on repeat as I fell asleep. And then I woke up to it the next day and like the birds were chirping. And he's got that classic kind of mid-Atlantic accent. Not quite crooner, a little bit too high pitched for a crooner, but still very nice voice. Oh, that, that was that was quite a way to wake up. That sounds like spiritual and transcendent. Yeah, it was it was really nice. <laughs> I love that. Um, I can go next. Mine is um, Yvonne Boris et moi by Marie Laforet, which is like it's like a mix of like it's from like I think the sixties. Um, and it's like a mix of like French chanson with like Eastern European, like almost like Yiddish klezmer music. And it's a whole lot of fun. And I'd recommend it. It's it's very uh, jaunty is a good word for that. And my, my song of the week is um, also from, well, yes, it is from 1956. I'm not 100% certain when it was premiered, but it was um, realized according to Wikipedia in 1955 to 1956. Uh, so th- it's it's called Gesang, oh no, Gesang der Jungling. Uh, Jung, I, I, I've probably mispronounced that, but that's fine. Uh, the title is in German. It's by Karl Heinz Stockhausen, who has Ooh. a fantastic name. Uh, but he's one of the, the most po- German name po- in existence. Yeah, possibly ever. <laughs> um, Carl Heinz as a first name just cracks me up. But he's a, a pioneer of electronic music and experimental electronic music. And so this was... Um, it, it, the, it, I, I'm going to talk about this a little after we do the year in review because it's relevant because it happened in the year. Um, but we... The, 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 the mid-50s was right about when both music concrete and electronische music which were like the two dueling schools of early electronic music in europe were uh were were really getting into it and so this is an awesome piece of like bonkers early experimental electronic that if you have um a hearty stomach for (laughs) for experimental music i highly recommend interesting and it's funny you bring up the year in review because i may or may not have foregone the year in review this week uh, in favor of talking about the history of the Eurovision Song Contest or like the inception of it. Nice. I thought our time might be better spent there since we're talking about the first one after all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In terms of the inception of the Eurovision, so um, the European Broadcasters Union was founded in 1954, two years before, um, and in a brainstorming session for potential programming, they theorized the Festival of European Song, which would be a one-off event that would be held in the spring of 1956. It was initially proposed by someone named Sergio Pugliesi uh, in a committee that was headed by Marcel Besançon, which if you're like a deep Eurovision fan, you might know about like the Marcel Besançon Awards, which are like the awards like starting like a few years ago that they started giving out. One was given by the press, one was given by the fans, and one was given by songwriters, I think. And they're called the Marcel Besançon Awards. But anyway, digression. Um, so those ideas ended up turning into 
the Eurovision Song Contest, but then I don't think it was actually known as the Eurovision Song Contest. I think it was called the European European Grand Prix and then ended up being known as Eurovision, uh, named after um, a TV network called Eurovision. That was, um, it was a network that was used to broadcast um, EBU programming across Europe. So like Euro, Europe, Television Vision. Um, uh, <laughs> clever portmanteau. Mm-hmm. And uh, the purpose of this contest was to foster a post-war connection between European countries, sort of to like mend the broken Europe that resulted from World War II. Um, it was heavily inspired by the San Remo Song Festival, which was an Italian song contest that had been happening since the early 50s and still happens to this day. And it's usually how Italy chooses their Eurovision entrant by the winner of San Remo, but usually. Depends. Well, usually because I think it's up to like the winner if they want to do oh, it. Oh, okay. And yeah, because yeah, like yeah. it's San Remo is kind of like more quote legitimate than Eurovision. <laughs> yeah. It's not uncommon for the winners to be like, you know what? No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, like I think in, yeah, I forget what year it was, but like I like recently, I remember it was a big deal that the winner of San Remo actually went to Eurovision because it had been like years since that had happened. But um, that's what they normally do, I think. So yeah, the European the European Grand Prix was approved in October of 1955, and work commenced on it immediately. And it ended up being held on May 24th, 1956, a Tuesday night, at Teatro Cursal in Lugano, Switzerland, which was a theater inside of a casino. And it was presented by Lohengrin Filippello in Italian. I love that it was in a casino, but I think that's also partially because I've been watching a lot of James Bond recently. Mm-hmm. And so I'm very, very up on the aesthetic of, of expensive European casinos. <laughs> it's also funny, too, because like, just think about like, it's like, like Lugano, I feel like is barely even a city in Switzerland <laughs> in a very small music venue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now thinking about how Eurovision like a packed arena yeah like it's it's almost always like in like one of the biggest cities of the country that's hosting it a huge arena just like crowds of people interesting how things have changed for sure I feel lost like wait what do we what do we even do now so like everything's gone by the wayside talk about your your uh Carl Heinz oh what was it oh yeah we're gonna say something something about Heinz Stockhausen oh (laughs) yeah Sorry to all our German listeners. Yeah, we offended our Eastern <laughs> European listeners last episode. This time it's our German listeners. Uh, I think safe. at some point we got to find... Uh, never mind, actually. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, boy. This intro is going to get heavily sliced and diced. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, but but yeah, in... in uh, so th- there's this thing in Darmstadt, Germany every year called the oh no i didn't write it down it's it translates to like the darmstadt summer courses and it's it's essentially like a conference of experimental music where it's like here come to darmstadt we'll have some people give some lectures you can hang out with some other experimental musicians but then right in the 50s this is when in paris music concrete is starting out which is early electronic music based off of sampling and like developing that, like that's where sampling theorem, the sampling theorem comes from. And like, so they're, they're playing around with, with recorded with, with, with recordings and that's Pierre Schaefer. Um, and then on the other side in either Germany or Austria, I think it's Germany. It is cause it's in Cologne, right. Uh, is electronic music, which is instead of playing around with, recordings and manipulating them electronically they're like on the forefront of synthesis and that sort of stuff and then so 1956 they came together at darmstadt and got in a fight over whose philosophy of electronic music was better Mm -hmm. and there's one of my favorite quotes about this about like the whole affair in an article i was reading about it was so they they show up at uh this they show up in darmstadt and the way this article puts it, the French and the Germans disagreed violently, and the Swiss criticized both for describing their work as "quote unquote" music. <laughs> um, so this is a long way off from getting anywhere near Eurovision, but it's Switzerland's in Eurovision. Uh, yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, but 
but yeah so that th like that's that's my jam <laughs> early experimental electronic music heck yeah right up my alley that's really cool so i was just very excited about that and wanted to mention it on the show yeah i also did some just like general music wikipediaing because i frankly had no idea what to expect going into this because once you get before the like 60s and 70s i am completely lost in regards to what is music doing right now well that's the thing yeah because i was doing some research because i was like oh the charts in a lot of countries had been established by this point yeah but when i was looking at them like they were all kind of just like i looked at the german chart and it was like all german music except for like rock around the clock or something <laughs> and like a, a lot of the charts that i looked at were just very like regionalized like 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 regional artists that didn't really make an impact in their native language so like i don't know if like music i mean i guess you could say that like like rock and roll and swing and like jazz i guess you could like kind of attribute those genres to this time period but also i think that you can't really like apply like an international like globalized music scene like you can now to like this time yeah 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 absolutely um because like the this year is very much in the states at least elvis year yeah because this is he shows up releases his first album releases his second album gets dozens of weeks at number one on billboard a bunch of number one songs signs a movie deal shows up on ed sullivan all that jazz and there is not a drop of elvis in this in this show there's a little bit there's a little bit for one song i think yeah 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 i get it. yeah 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 what was that melon i'm trying to remember which song that was and it's not coming to mind right now i don't know there's one that i that i wrote down well this is slightly more bluesy than the other ones but we'll get there um yeah the only the, the only other thing that i wrote down in regards to like 1956 contest was <laughs> liberace performed for the queen <laughs> oh in this year yeah that's outrageous i love it <laughs> yeah so did you guys i'm curious did you guys like these songs like what was your what was your experience broadly quite enjoyed them i, I actually know. added two to my playlist yeah well, it would have been three except one of them was not on spotify criminal um, i know i i mean i think it's kind of been clear with uh my discussion of chet baker and also my praise of Udo Jurgen's performance <laughs> a while back that I very much like this sound. Um, if anyone has watched uh, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, um, yeah. that's got a lot of uh, kind of 50s. Uh, I mean, the soundtrack is in pretty much entirely inspired by the 50s in a very big way. Um, and I love a lot of that. Uh, so I think this sound is uh not special to me this sound is definitely up my alley um so i think that i disliked any of these songs actually yeah i am there was one that i disliked but like yeah i'd agree i was afraid this would be kind of hard to get through just because there were no visuals but well there were times that it, where it dragged a little bit for me but i was very impressed by this yeah, I, 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 I definitely enjoyed it. It took me a while to, like, get my footing, because for a lot of these, it's like I don't really have context to know how to feel about this. Like, I, I, I can, I can write down how much I enjoy it, but I have like, do I enjoy this more or less than comparable? I don't know. Um, so I like my enjoyment of it definitely picked up as it went along, and I think to some extent the songs got better as it went along as well yeah i would yeah um but yeah no i like it was it was remarkably enjoyable to me and like particularly in comparison with some of the later ones that were much more draggy i was very pleasantly surprised by a lot of the music in this one so the fact that there was not a single definably like just pure ballad in this was very surprising and very welcome <laughs> i think there was uh, maybe one that i noticed I at least 
I don't know if it's a, I think there were a lot of kind of slower, you know, chanson-esque songs. There was a lot of chanson, actually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but I, I wouldn't call that a ballad. Like, if you compare, you know, Edith Piaf, she's still got some, some energy and, uh, like, emotion to her which i guess is what a ballad is supposed to do as well but she she does it in, in a very different way and i think these songs do it in a very different way where i'm not left bored by the end of them mm. oh i told you guys about the voting right yes you yes. did but you should also mention it here now yes so um if you're not in the know um for this first contest there wasn't a voting system or they didn't go public with it and there was only one winner and everyone else just lost <laughs> so um the stakes are pretty high i guess you could say um the there's been a lot of speculation about how the, they voted and like what the system was if there was one and we're going to get into that once we reveal the results at the end but um i think we're ready to to start with these songs i think we've talked enough about them we should get into the like the what do you say? The meat and potatoes? I was thinking that, but I was like, wait, is that a thing people say? It, it is good. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to get into the meat and potatoes. And up top, we have some like light controversy corner in Fun Fact Fjord. Ooh, lovely. Controversy corner. So the controversy is that the tapes are missing for this year. It's not a huge deal since most Europeans didn't have TV anyway back then, but. um. Oh, like the film. The film. So that's why we only had audio for this. Yes. Got it. Because it was recorded and put on TV. Oh, okay. Um, But uh, they just don't have it anymore, Damn. I guess. Um, This is one of two years where they don't have any like video footage of it. Oh, fascinating. Yeah. I just assumed. What happened that... in the other year? Was it like the year after this? No, it was a year in this. It was 1964 and there was, there was a fire in yeah. at least i think there was a fire in like the archive that they were held in and no one's been able to find a recording since gotta make your backups but there's like rumors that like someone has it i don't know it's a lot <laughs> i'm dig i'm digressing again um but um in terms of uh, fun fact fjord austria and denmark were supposed to take part but they missed the submission deadline <laughs> um and the uk did not want to participate. They instead had their own song contest, which was called the Festival of Popular British Songs. God, that's so UK. But interestingly, that was like what they ended up using the next year to be like, oh, this is how we should do our voting because they did like their voting of like, oh, OK, yeah. Yeah, they did like Midlands. Like, what did you vote for? <laughs> and then like it was like what everyone voted for. And it was like Wales. And I don't know. What, but, are, um, they, what are the Geordies voting for? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's like, and then, like, from 1957 on, they had, like, a public voting where, like, everyone called in, they gave their votes. But this year's different. And to start off this year, we had song number one, the first song to ever be, formed, be performed at Eurovision, was uh, De Vogel van Holland by Yeti Perl from the Netherlands. Bold move for the first ever song in Eurovision to be written about your own country, <laughs> I think. Um, yeah, yeah, we're all we're all here to to be friends again after the war and to to foster unity. And they're coming out here like Holland. <laughs> I thought that was great. Oh, I'm sorry to interrupt. We're going to Fun Fact Fjord. Ooh, yes. Welcome to the Fun Fact Fjord. Nice. So this is really interesting, I thought at least. So um, Yeti Petal was a Jewish anti-Nazi resistance member during World War II. She fled the Netherlands to go to Britain in 1940, where she contributed to Radio Oranje, which 
was like a Dutch like expat radio station and she sang pro-freedom songs that mocked the Nazis. And then towards the end of the That's war, badass. yeah, and towards the end of the war, she ended up joining the Women's Auxiliary Corps of the Royal Netherlands Army, and um, and yeah, was uh, very proactive, uh, socially and politically, which I think is really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, That's awesome. Great way to start it. <laughs> yeah, but um, I cut you off. What were you in the middle of saying? I was in the middle of saying I don't mind this song. I thought it was quite nice. I also thought it was quite nice. I don't think it was necessarily more than quite nice, but it was quite nice. Um, also funny to me that the first ever Eurovision song was a waltz. Yeah, I noticed that too. Um, a lot of these songs were waltzes. Were they? I only noticed two, but I might have stopped paying attention after a certain point. Um, I wrote down that the first two were waltzes, and then I didn't know if hey, they same. were or not. So maybe it was just those two, but I was like, wow, two in a row in the yeah, first two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's funny, because it's very unrepresentative of the future. Uh, but yeah, I thought this was perfectly pleasant. Her voice is perfectly nice. It's doing this thing that a lot of these songs are going to do this year, where they sing for a little bit, and then they kind of stop, and then they start singing again, Yeah, which bugs me. This song was not the worst offender of it, but it is a sign of things to come. <laughs> I, I'm i with you both. This song was a, like a fun way to kind of start the show. It was definitely more uh, whimsy than I was expecting of the 50s. Mm. Um, I said that it sounded a fair bit like a Rodgers and Hammerstein piece, which... Oh, yeah. I said old school given, Disney vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah very yeah. much so. And given that this was the first song we were all listening to, I was like, oh, I'm sure this will be a kind of significant trend into the, into the uh, you know, coming songs. They're all going to sound kind of like that. <clears throat> and they didn't really. So this was unique in that sense, um, or at least among a few that sounded like pure kind of nostalgic golden era of animation. Is it the golden era? I don't know. Yeah, probably. Um, probably. Yeah. Uh, I also said that kind of with that, with the ties to Disney or Sound of Music and and the waltz, like you mentioned, Ellis, I could totally see this being sung to children, um, which is not a not a critique in any way. It's just a comment, I guess. (laughs) Um, Like I can see the place that this song uh, fits into, I guess. Yeah, I can um, see this as a Dutch lullaby. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just, it's kind of you know sweeping, but it's also intimate. It's very much like this is a parent singing to their child. Um, the orchestration uh, was, for the most part, I talk about people's voices in this just because that was kind of front and center. But in this one in particular, there was this kind of like descending arpeggio run thing um, that uh, I quite enjoyed. It was, it stood out for the instrumentals. Um, Oh, I would like your takes on this. I thought this song could be performed really well as a duet. Hmm. What are you, what's your stance? I, I was, I, I wouldn't have thought about that, but I, I get it. I agree that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that could have been nice. Yeah, were there any rules on number of singers allowed? Yeah, they only allowed solo at the time. They only allowed soloists at this point. Yeah, Yeah. which was a rule until I think like the seventies. Whack. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I thought this one was really nice too. Like I said, I really liked her voice in terms of like the the musicality of it, and also I liked the inflection that she sang. With it sounded like she was telling a story, even though I didn't understand what the words were. Yeah. 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 Um. Oh, I liked the toodaloodaloo part. That was fun. <laughs> um, and I said that it um, sounds very magical and creates a good, like, vibe. Like, it's very, like, intriguing. Like, it's like, you know, <laughs> that was like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just said, like, a string of words that didn't make sense. And I was like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but, that um, makes sense. I think we got you. Pick it yeah. up and I'm laying down. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I guess that's it. I guess, do you think that this is the winner or not? I go for it, Alice. Sorry. I ranked 
them all this year because oh. there were not that many. And so I was like, you know what? Full send. Let's do a full ranking. And I have this at number nine of 14. Ooh. Um, that's low. Yeah. I It's low not on its own faults, though. It's low on other songs were better. Um, like, until you get into the bottom couple, I don't think there were any that were, like, legitimately, like, oh, yeah, this is this goes in the bottom. Um, but, yeah, I so, no, I don't think this is the winner. I think if we had votes, it would end up uh, sort of, like, on the upper half of the... Wait, no, on the bottom half of the middle. I'm with you. I If I were to rank it, which I did not, I would say it's probably a little bit higher than that. Um, but yeah, this definitely isn't isn't the winner. Um, it did feel a little bit uh, maybe tacky, I guess, to write a song about yourself. <laughs> um, and and just as far as uh, the sound goes, there's some much better ones later on. That is true. Yeah. Yeah, I think. I think that means we're ready to move on. So up next is song number two, which was Das Alte Carousel by Lis Asia from Switzerland. Das Alte Carousel Das geht nicht mehr so schnell Die Pferdchen und die Wagen Die wollen nicht von der Schell Da hilft Can I say something real quick? Yeah. This is the start of three songs in a row that start the exact same way. Did you notice that? I not noticed that. That's funny. No. There was okay, so like this song, the next song, and the song after that all start with a string a string trill and then oh. like in the winds a chromatic scale. And it sounded like um like fifties sitcom dream sequence <laughs> transition music. That's funny. I, yeah, I think the one after this has a more dramatic intro, certainly. Yeah. But yeah. I, I didn't pick that up, but I'll, I'll listen it, for it. Now. And it like actually made sense for that one. This one, it kind of makes sense. Um, but um, I thought this one was good, too. It was really cute. I liked um, the oboe solo in the beginning was very fun. I thought that the backing vocals were fun. I thought that um, Liz had a really strong and warm voice. Um, and I said that it sounded like classy carnival music <laughs> and it and like it, it it definitely evoked like the carousel of it all if i had anything bad to say i would say that it was slightly repetitive and a little bit like meandering at times but i thought this That's one was pretty fun. much exactly like a carousel yeah if you will. yeah i would yeah. slightly repetitive a little bit slow kind of not really going anywhere um i i think this song gets bonus points or something for picking a theme and sticking to it to the end yeah <laughs> like sure there was the uh kind of raising in in pitch and then lowering it was kind of like a sweeping uh back and forth throughout the song which happened both within uh verses and over the entire structure of the song which i thought was pretty cool um even the end like the the last line in the last few musical notes sounded like you were getting off a carousel like the ride was kind of coming to a stop and you're stepping off um which i thought was uh i like i was impressed at how well they were able to capture the spirit of a carousel in a song um all props to the writers for this one i i thought that was fun um her voice also very nice and if you are feel free to cut this part out ellis but so all of these entries had all of the countries had two entries right mm -hmm. yeah what most most countries did not send the same performer twice but switzerland did do you know why that is exactly that. um i don't know well i sort of know why um i looked into it and i know that switzerland had like a national final and they let 
people sent in multiple songs and there were songs by different artists but two songs by the same artist ended up getting first and second that's really funny and you will find out why that's really funny as this show develops <laughs> for me at least I didn't think this was nearly as good as you guys did. The cutesiness of this was getting on my nerves, I tell you what. Um, it's like, <laughs> it's it was too cutesy, it was too meandery, it wasn't, it wasn't nearly bombastic enough for me. Uh, and the backup singers are cracking me up. Like, they, they'll pop up again later on, but they are doing the most... White Christmas. I thought it was fun. <laughs> I, it was fun. I don't necessarily think it was fun in a good way. <laughs> um, but yeah. Do you know what I'm thinking right now? Oh, it's fun to have fun, but you have to know how. I think they knew exactly how to have fun. They got on that carousel and they said, I'm having fun. I think they were too determined to have fun and forgot to then actually have fun. Because they were sitting there riding the horses going, I'm having fun. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like this song kind of endears itself to you in the same way that a children's choir does when you're a parent of a child in the choir. Mm, you like it because it's sweet. Yeah, yeah, it's like, sure, it's not very good. But <laughs> I think in that case, enjoy it. I think in that case, I'm the, uh, I'm the bigger sibling in the audience who's just like, this is not endearing to me because this is my younger sibling and I don't care. <laughs> and then I'm the parent that keeps like looking over and is like, isn't this fun? Aren't you having fun? I'm, yeah, mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's a, a long and very deep metaphor to say that this I had ranks 14th uh, <laughs> of 14 songs. Oh, what? Yeah. Are you joking? No. There is one song that I think is full trash coming up soon. Fascinating. One, if it's what I think. songs that I don't like. And this was not one of them. I, I wouldn't say full trash, but like it was the it was markedly the only one that I thought was actually bad. There's a high possibility I have that in fifth, um, if it's what I think it is. But yeah, uh, to to just polish off this Switzerland A song, uh, I have this marked down as possibly the first key change in the history of the Eurovision Song Contest. Um, oh, like with the, like the, the when the tempo changed uh, in the back, like. Probably 75% of the way in. Yeah. There's like a slight step up and it's like, oh, hey, look at that. A grand foretelling of things to come, if only they knew. Uh, so that was kind of neat. But yeah, not a, not not particularly a fan of this one. Um, so Ellis thinks that, that this one clearly will not be the winner. Do you also think that way, Millen? Yeah, certainly. I mean, like I said... I liked it. It endeared itself to me. It was not a. It was good in concept. It it wasn't a great song for the sake of Eurovision. Yeah, yeah. I definitely, I definitely feel that way too. I think. I think that we're ready to move on. So we're on song number three right now, which is "Messieurs les Noyés de la Seine" by Fudelclerc from Belgium. Messieurs les noyés de la Seine, ouvrez-moi les portes de l'eau. Je suis fatigué d'user mes semaines sur le pavé noir de Puto. Messieurs les noyés de la Seine, ouvrez-moi les portes de l'eau. J'ai tant voyagé sous son ciel de laine que le vent m'a brûlé la peau. Do you know what the name of this song means? Yeah, it means yeah. Um, the the men drowned in the river Seine. Yeah, what the, what what the fuck is that about? <laughs> So, we're going to bring it to Fact Fjord right now. Oh, not fun. Uh, this song is about a man who is trapped in a loveless marriage and wishes to drown himself. <sighs> Good vibes only. Oh, man. It was clear, I think, through the performance. Yeah, and I actually really liked this one. I, I thought it 
his voice was really beautiful and very sad. And oh, and also it started the same way as the last song, but this one kind of made more sense because it was like an eerie, ominous beginning for an eerie, ominous song. Yeah, the start of this song was great. Yeah, like definitely set up like the atmospheric vibe that ended up continuing for the rest of it. Um, oh, the do you guys remember like the like really short like switches to like up tempo and then like going back to the sad part? Yeah, I thought that was neat. I couldn't tell if that worked for me or not. Um, Same, but I thought I think I do think it was neat regardless. Yeah, I thought it was neat too. Um, oh, it's like the reverse of um, Iceland uh, OGAE song, where it just slowed down in the middle. Not to start another fight about that. <laughs> I thought it was uh, t- two key words: expressive, atmospheric, moody. Three key words. Yeah. I had drama on this one. Oh yes, I like this was similarly to the first one, very much sounded like a storytelling song, even though I wasn't really paying attention to the lyrics, just because I don't. And also, they were in French, which is I do speak French, but not enough to listen to songs and know what they're about. Um, but that was a long walk for the short drink of water. Of this had cool drama. Um, and didn't quite get going, though. Like it, this it it, it kind of meandered. The sh- this the the speed up slowdown was cool, but it did then leave me feel like, oh, we're going somewhere and we're back, which might probably would have been less of a problem if I under if I was like listening and understanding the lyrics because I would have been enraptured by this tale of a man who wants to jump in the in the Seine. But, um, but yeah, I didn't like this one as much as you two did. I still thought it was good. Um, and there's nothing about what you're saying in, in describing this song that is wrong at all. Like I, I fully agree with, uh, the description of this. I, I did like the kind of speed up thing. I didn't like the slow down as much, but <laughs> the speed up felt like a, a good, um, Shift of pace. That's um, a good way of putting it. The speed up was good. The slow down immediately after it was not. <laughs> yeah. I do not speak French, so I did not know what this was about in particular. But it was very clear, like in my notes, I wrote that it sounds like he's trying to narrate some travesty in history, like, you know, mm. some kind of great moment, you know, defining moment, but not in a good way. This could be very um, good over an animated short. Oh yeah. yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. P- I agree. Fantasia vibes. Yeah, yeah, yes. But because of that, I felt like the composition, both lyrically and instrumentally, kind of fell counter to the story he was telling. Like this, the story became more important than the song itself. Like his his voice kind of got too out of control. Kind of, not really. Like if you're paying attention to it. You know, I think you pay more attention to what he's saying rather than how he's saying it Mm -hmm. and how it sounds, which is not a bad thing and could honestly be seen as commendable. But I feel like for for a song contest in particular, his voice, the song lost priority to the message to to this narrative uh, narration. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um. I would, it's still good though. I can't, yeah, I guess like, it's true, but I think that like <laughs> the next song, not to get ahead of ourselves, does that to such an extreme that like <laughs> that I, I don't really notice it with this one. That that the next song is. I mean, I think we can get ahead of ourselves. I I don't think it's gonna win. I, Ellis, where would you one? rank it? Yep, I had the I had Belgium A in tenth place. Hmm, yeah, wow, so okay. just behind the first Netherlands song. Wow, I, oh, that's um. um I feel like we can move on to the next one because that one is the pretty much the only song that I didn't quite enjoy. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. So this is um, song number four, which is Im Wartesaal zum Großen Glück by Walter Andreas Schwartz from Germany. Es gibt einen Hafen, da fährt kaum ein Schiff. Und wenn eines fährt, so in unbestimmte Fernen. Und es kommt, wenn es ankommt, von sehr weit schon her. 
und einer steigt aus und der kommt übers Meer mit gläserner Fracht von den Sternen und man baute am Quai der Vergangenheit einen Saal mit Blick auf das Meer und mit Wänden aus Träumen gegen die Wirklichkeit, denn die liebte man nicht sehr. So, Millen, you've already started. I would like you to speak your truth, please. Okay. This, to me, sounded like it was, it drew a lot of influence from white jazz, like white American jazz in particular. <laughs> Which is not, not a bad thing. But what is a bad thing is that it became very quickly this weird blend between kind of spoken word and melodic i guess it, it, like his voice you call it that <laughs> yeah I, i don't really know how to describe it it over the course of the song it shifted like structure and genre in a very interesting way but not in a very good way like to me I, i'll just read my notes it would better suit a high school production of some andrew lloyd webber musical <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. I, I could see this in cats. Yeah, like it's it's weird and it's not bad weird. It's just not here. It should it shouldn't be here. Actually, it is kind of bad weird. I I don't like the fact that he was just speaking for a lot of it. Um it's 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 an odd choice certainly. Yeah, I totally agree that this is kind of bad weird. I just, like, this definitely wins the, like, Nostalgia Memorial Award for, like, okay, but why? Like, all of this is cool, I guess, but, like, for what? Like, I, <laughs> it's, it, it, and I, I don't think that spoken word is necessarily bad or, like, having, like, jazz influences obviously isn't bad, but it's, it's, it's all over the place because it keeps going from, like, this weird spoken word and then it goes up-tempo and melodic and then it goes back to, like, the same thing from before. It's just a lot and I don't really know what they were trying to do with this one. All right. I love this song. I thought this was freaking brilliant. I was all over that stupid spoken word. I thought that was great. This was, this is, this gets the the highly prestigious designation of kinda exquisite. Wow. This, this is kinda exquisite. Um, I think that bringing soft spoken word to Eurovision is a a masterstroke. I would also designate this as the first Eurovision novelty song. In some ways, <laughs> I could see. Yeah, um, I I was all over this one. So, but the 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 thing that this reminded me of, which contributes, certainly contributes to my enjoyment, but is not exclusively the reason why I enjoyed it, is there's this dude named Friedrich Lichtenstein, uh, who I've just discovered was born. Place <laughs> it is, yeah. but it's also the name of a, a dude with a beard who I've just discovered was born in 56, so that's a cool co uh, uh, coincidence. But this dude is old, dapper, has a giant beard, makes wild music videos, and does like these crazy 10-minute spoken word electronic ramblings that are incredible. Highly recommend checking those out, specifically the song Belgique, Belgique. And this felt like a proto that it was like i was this was great i thought there were songs that are better than this this is not going to win by any means but i love this i thought this was really cool okay um <laughs> i feel like it could have been really cool but it it just yeah, went it, it fell through on the execution for me yeah 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 i agree yeah. okay it, Okay. <laughs> I mean, I enjoyed listening to it, but like upon reflection, it's kind of just like I have some things about it. 
Yeah. All right. So um, Ellis said that this is not the one. I, I take it that you also agree that with that, Millen? I think we are in a pretty strong agreement here. Yeah. I do have this in fifth, though. Okay. This is that's the one that I. Okay, mentioned. for clarification, this is not the one that I thought was bad. Okay, good because it's great. <laughs> okay, um, that's the perfect transition into this next song, though. Ooh. So we're at song number five, which is "Le Temps Perdu" by Maté Alteri from France. Que j'aime, verse dans le soir mon rêve et mes sanglots verts, sans moi l'espoir de le revoir bientôt hâte toi, car j'attends toujours. Yeah, so like I hinted, this is the song that I thought was quite bad. I hate, hate her voice. It's like. I just also don't really like this is representative of like a trend that I think was in music in like the 40s and like not even the 50s like the 30s and 40s of like like very like like women with like very weak soprano ranges singing like pop music or like not pop music but just like contemporary music and I think that that always sounds so weird and I feel like her voice is just so weak and kind of shrill at points and it almost sounds like a parody of songs like that and also, aside from the voice, in terms of the song, I feel like it just has no direction. Like, it's one thing to be very expressive and to kind of have a song that is kind of shapeless in some ways. Like, I think, I think the Belgium song from earlier did that very well. But that ultimately did have structure, even though it did have expressive moments. This is just, like, kind of like an amalgamation of, like, I don't know, there's, there's no structure and it doesn't feel like a real song. Like, I, I said that, um... The Swiss, the Switzerland song was sort of meandering. This is completely meandering throughout the entire thing. I thought that the song was weak. I thought that her voice was weak and very irritating. That's my truth. Okay. Is this your winner? <laughs> no, but I do have it in fourth. Are you joking? I am <laughs> winning this podcast. So Switzerland is in 14th and this is in 4th. Switzerland A is in 14th. Switzerland B is higher, but um but I just okay. Yeah, I I I so at first I wasn't the biggest fan of this one the first listen. However, the more that I listened to the rest of the songs in this context, in the contest, it kept creeping up my list. To the point where it was like, oh, 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 this is in fourth now. So, because, like, I I did not dislike her voice nearly as much as you did. I thought it was, it was, it was making me think, haha, opera. Um, but bad opera. I would not be able to tell you good opera from bad opera, which possibly contributes to why this is ranked so high for me. But, like, I was like, yeah, cool. This is our this is our um this is our requisite song is questionable but singer is carrying it song which I can right. see the disgust in your face. Wait, what did you say? Song is questionable but singer carries it. I think there is one you know that, that fits that label much much listeners better, but... and also Ellison Millen. You know that meme of like the lady who's like on her computer and then she like like pushes like the table away from her and then she like is angry? Sure. <laughs> yeah, this I I thought this one was I thought this one was good. I thought it I thought her her voice was a standout. And uh just just kind of just kind of weaseled its way up my rankings. I am strongly in the middle of you two. <laughs> um I was not a huge fan of her voice, but I didn't hate it. I it felt very kind of classic like French wavering you know female singer um yes actually the first thing i wrote down on this was this is super french yeah it like reeked of uh i don't know if franco something i don't quite know what the suffix is that i'm going for but <laughs> um franco i oh i thought sorry i thought you meant like the spanish dictator <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that would be a, quite a, a bold stance on my part. That would be extremely um, bold. Uh. I think uh, that this song did not carry my attention enough for me to care about it, but not in a bad way, in a, okay, this is going to go into the middle kind of way. I don't know. I yeah. like this song lost me pretty quickly, lost yes. my interest pretty quickly, but I didn't hate it. Like if it came on, you know, the radio or something as me, a man in the in 1956, I would not change the station is what I'm saying. I have some things to say. Okay, I have some go for it. choice words. Ooh. <laughs> I cannot believe that Ellis like dance music purist only <laughs> likes bops this is his fourth place song this is the most this is the slowest most like like lack like this is like the song that like is the least danceable song we've ever covered in this entire podcast that is possibly and, true and songs like 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 luxembourg 1988 which like got fourth place in a field of like 25 and is actually a good song we're just like oh it's just like too slow for me like that's an actually good song this song is way slower it's way more like poorly done and you're like it's actually good i i just <laughs> i guess i just don't understand and i guess that i'm gonna have to be at peace with that that yeah um yeah i i wouldn't necessarily say that this is the song i enjoyed the fourth most I certainly enjoyed oh, that's Germany true. A more than this. Yeah. But it does rank fourth on my list. That I yeah, I I was I was blinded by my anger. But. Yeah. My li- <laughs> my list is a weird amalgamation of stuff I like and stuff I think the juries would like and this is kind of like enough of both that it's just like Yeah. So I take it that this is not the one for either of you. I don't think so unless the juries are really on some like Unless they're really on their warbly operatic shit today, but I doubt they are. Millennium. Yeah, I mean, I don't have anything to add. Yeah, I didn't really. Fair enough. Care. But speaking of the one, we are coming Ooh. up on song number six, "Ne Crois Pas" by Michel Arnaud from Luxembourg. This is, I would just like to say, yes, this is the first song that I added to my playlist. Yes, yeah, this is a bop. This is bop of the century, and by century I mean uh, 1878 to 1978 because 1979 <laughs> is Genghis Khan. But like, oh, this is so good. <sighs> Implying that this is it. Never mind. Um, yeah, this one was a bop. This soared into. Pro, uh, into provisional first place on my list. Um, it was like, it, it, it was like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Pop music does exist, <laughs> um, and so I was very excited. And it like, it's a good song. Mm. Yeah, it's a very good song. A lot of swing, a lot of kind of big band style, um, especially in regard to the the pacing of it. I think it has pace. Yes. Which France it did has, not have pace, has. and that was not a problem for you, apparently. But go off. <laughs> <laughs> it's got it's got this interesting uh, form and structure to it, which is very welcome. This is the one. This is the first song that I can call actively catchy. Like yeah. I found myself singing it afterwards into the next song. True. Yeah. Um, and what I think was very very welcome is. A comment that I've had on a few songs in Eurovision so far is that the voice does not fit the song, but I think her voice saves the song in an in an excellent way. Because without her as the singer, this song could easily become like saccharine, you know, overly kind of sweet and naive and cutesy. But she's got a little bit of. Uh, like a gravelly kind of tone. She's got soul and she's conviction. Not, oh, she's yeah. got soul and conviction. And that makes this song. Uh, I mean, Ellis said sore, and I think that's the, probably the best word to describe it. Yeah, I, I'm i in complete agreement. I think that 
this is yeah this is a very catchy song a very danceable song and it's um i like the structure of it too millen it's very like i like any song that puts a stress on an offbeat with like the yeah 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 love it um yeah i think that her voice really makes it because she doesn't show a lot of range but her delivery of all of the words is very like intentional and um really like quick and i think that that requires a lot of skill yeah there's an example of one later on where it's also quick and the skill is not there and it really hardens it Hmm, okay we'll we'll talk about um and yeah and i think that um the kind of gravelly uh maybe gravelly is not the right word but like the more like hardened quality to her voice also helps to sort of deliver the message which i think it's about um how like beauty fades and to like to like enjoy your youth while you can but also like don't rely on like your youthfulness because it won't last um but anyway um i also forgot to bring us to fun fact fjord about her because she has two degrees in philosophy michelle and she, awesome. Yeah, and she was featured on the first ever satellite transmission from France to the U.S. in 1962. That's nice. This, this Eurovision is filled with girl power. This is. Oh <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're gonna get to girl power even more. Ooh, nice. With some of these other people. Yeah. Super yeah. excited. This w- this I was. I will say. Yeah. Okay, uh, go for it, Alice. I'll I was my just, comment after. This kind of gives me. Uh, Poupe de Sierra, Poupe de Sang. Oh, vibes. She's a better it's singer. She's a way better She's singer. She's a way yeah. better singer. But it's a similar sort of like, oh, this bops. Yeah. Alice, I, I put it in the chat. Uh, this is Yeah Yeah, the genre. Oh, oh yes. cool. Okay. It's kind of French girl rock in the 50s and 60s. Yes, yes, yes. And I got to dig into that. That sounds neat. It's very good. Um, Oh, and also, I think that this has the coveted spot um, for me that um, I will say that this song honks. Oh, it does. What was the other one that I said honked the last time that I said that? I can't remember. <laughs> oh, I have no clue, but I, I don't that remember. That phrasing gets me every time. <laughs> it's true, though. It does. <laughs> yeah, this, this does honk. So is this? I will say every second of this song honks except for the very, very end. Oh, I love that. Where she like I, I felt, does her like operatic moment, I, but then it kind of cut out quickly. It felt like she, I don't know. It just felt kind of disappointing. Like there could have yeah. been a punch, and there was more of a all right, bye, I'm gone. Um, yeah, but I uh, love this one. So is this like the winner? You think? I have this ranked on my list at number one. Wow! Oh, wow. I disagree. I think it's in like two or three for me if I had to rank it. Okay, yeah. But it is okay. it is definitely way up there for sure. Yeah, the uh the the, the first two on my list are pretty close. Mm-hmm. I no. totally missed that Luxembourg's B entry is also Michelle. She Ar- Arno. I don't know how to say she that. Showed, Sorry, she's, like, yeah, no, she showed the judge's versatility. Oh yeah. Well, I didn't like her second song as much, but we'll get to that. Same. Neither to did that. I, but I thought it was very like, uh, I'm going to like send a bop, but then also like show off my vocal skills later. Yeah. I well, thought that was a good move. We've, anyway. got, we've got a bit to go before we hit Luxembourg B. We do. And we have our uh, first A song, or no, our last A song, uh, which is Italy. And it is the song Aprite le finestre by Franca Raimondi. La prima rosa rossa è già sbocciata e nascondimide le viole mammole. Ormai la prima rondine è tornata, nel cielo limpido comincia a volteggiare. Il tempo bello viene ad annunciare. Aprite le finestre al nuovo sole, è primavera, è primavera. Lasciate entrare un poco d'aria pura. Ogni profumo dei giardini e prati in Aprite le finestre i nuovi sogni. I have very little to say about this one, which isn't really a bad thing, I guess, but um, I said that this was very sweet and uh, fun. Um, it was pretty, a little bit boring. And I said that the beginning sounds like um, the first movement of the Pier Gint Suite. 
Yep. That yeah. is, yep, exactly. I yes. was on Wikipedia right now trying to remember the name of it because I could only remember the intro song for Peggle. Alice, <laughs> <laughs> when I listened to this the first time, I looked up intro for Peggle. Yes. <laughs> I can't oh, wait to start our game. Viva Pinata Peggle uh, <laughs> Let's Play channel on YouTube. I really can't. That would be so fun. But yeah, um, after... After Bjorn Unicorn welcomes us into the world of the, into the Peggle University, um, this goes straight into another tapper. Uh, that said, it does not nearly as good of a tapper as the Luxembourg previous. Um, it felt caught in the middle to me because the song and the intro to the song and the outro that like. You've got the singy bit, which is a very boom, 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 like up tempo, uh, uh, up tempo bop, and then intro and outro, which are peggle music, and also like comes in a little bit in the middle. <laughs> it was weird. I was that felt so out of place from the rest of it. For me. <laughs> yeah, it's an an odd choice, definitely. That did not benefit the song. If you look at the recordings, though, which I did because I chose to add this song to my playlist next. Mm. Um, if you look at the recordings, none of them have that intro, which. Oh, weird. Like, was that a transition piece in Eurovision itself? Well, I don't no, know. Because it's also in the outro is. and in the middle of the yeah, song. It was it was very odd for that to be there. I noticed that with, an, um, with another song, too, where there was. A part that was performed live that like was not at all in any of the recordings. Huh. Very weird. Interesting. Um, for me, the reason that I added this song, it's not as good as Luxembourg's entry just previously. But this to me felt, uh, at least so far, the most quintessentially 50s. Like this to me felt like uh you know new york kind of big uh not what's the 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 genre of store i guess you could say department store yeah yeah but like when department stores were the thing to do and you know I, I, maybe i'm uh, portraying this incorrectly this song could very easily be in the marvelous mrs Maisel, which i think is credit to the song mm -hmm. um because that soundtrack is very good. Uh, very, very... Everything about it felt so of the era and not trapped in the era. Like, it was a, a timeless classic, I guess you could say, instantly. Yeah. Sorry to steal that word from the Shirley Temple Golden Collector's <laughs> box set thing, but <laughs> that's where my mind went. Yeah. I like this song. Um the, the Edward Grieg piece was so weird, though. <laughs> it was so weird, and it wasn't like it. Like, oh, that sounds like that. It it, it was the same. It like, was same key, same it, notes. It was very intentional. This was the original Plunderphonics. <laughs> oh God, no! The original Plunderphonics is music concrete. I'll do grumble. Um. Yeah, I, I'm questioning my own ranking now. I have it in sixth. It should be in fourth, I think. Oh. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I would say like fifth, for me. I think mm. that seems reasonable. Yeah. Um, I like it. It's good. It's not gonna win. <laughs> nope, because there are a couple other songs that do a similar thing better and don't have Grieg in them. Yeah, for sure. Yes. <laughs> And that's going to do it for the first half of our rewind on the first ever Eurovision from 1956. This year is a little bit different in that each country submitted two songs, and so we'll be covering the second song from every country next week. Thank you for listening to this, uh, this first chunk. If you want to go follow us on social media, you can do so on Instagram at Eurovision underscore Rewind or on Twitter at VocabGumbo. 
If you want to help support the show in a little bit more of a tangible manner, you can also uh, kick us some some money over at patreon.com forward slash vocab gumbo. You can find links to all of this stuff as well as the full archive of this show and the other shows in the vocab gumbo family at vocabgumbo.com. That's all my plugs. So uh, I hope you I, I hope you're having a nice week. I hope your week is uh, is better than Switzerland's first song from 1956. Uh, but for myself and for Jonathan and for Millen and for everyone else here at Vocab Gumbo, thank you for listening. Have a good one. Bye bye.